Today's podcast is brought to you by GigaOM Research, the leading source of research and analysis on emerging technologies including cloud, mobile, social enterprise, connected consumer, and clean tech. Sign up for a free seven-day trial at pro.gigaohm.com and save 20% off the regular rate of $2.99 a year when you use the discount code PODCAST1. That's PODCAST with the number one. Welcome to the GigaOM Mobile Call-In Show. We're your host, Kevin Tofel. Hi, Kevin. Hey, Chris. How are you? Good, thanks. You uh, take questions and answer questions about all kinds of gadgets and mobile technology from people across the world, the internet, wherever they may come from. Across the universe, as the Beatles might say. Oh, goodness gracious. Sorry. Got to work in a Beatles reference in there somewhere. Sorry. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's a been a busy week in the mobile world. Uh, we, we talked about it a little bit on our weekly news wrap-up podcast last week, but you weren't available, so I'm really excited to talk to you today about the Google Chromebook Pixel. Mm. Uh, people probably know right now it's the new Net Chromebook from Google that was announced last week. Uh, it's got a touchscreen. Uh, but tell us, what are your – what is it? What it, Are you excited about it? Uh, what hasn't been discussed in the past week that people may want to know about? All right. Well, your first question is, am I excited about it? I am excited about it. And I'm, I say that as a Chromebook user. I spent about $450 on a Chromebook way back in June of last year. And, and basically, because the Chromebook works for me, I mean, 99% of what I do, I do on the web, and Chromebooks are fantastic for that. The problem is that the Chromebooks of late have been really, I'll just say it, they've been crappy hardware. They're almost like netbook quality, so performance wasn't stellar, and it just wasn't a great experience. And they're from companies like Samsung and Acer, right? That's correct. Um, actually, I believe Lenovo and HP have jumped into the Chromebook game as well, which is interesting for a whole nother reason, because they're all Microsoft Windows partners, but we can talk about that some other time. Um, so this Chromebook Pixel, this is the premium Chromebook. I would equate this to a MacBook Pro 13-inch with Retina display, if that makes sense to people, because it's priced and spec very similar. Uh, the, the two models that are available for the Pixel, there's $1299 for a Wi-Fi model, and there's $1449 you can pay for an LTE version. And uh, wow, it's just, it's a, a, the biggest draw, Chris, has got to be the fact that it's got an Intel Core i5 processor, it's got plenty of memory, and it's got this gorgeous touchscreen display. The resolution is like a whopping 4.3 million pixels. It's the highest pixel per inch or pixel density than on any other notebook. And it is just a joy to use the web in uh, on this display. I have to say, though, the touchscreen, Chris, I'm not really using it that much. I don't see much need for it. And I don't know, that may surprise people. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Well, I think what surprised people a lot was the price. Now, are you saying... Mm-hmm. So this would be like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but like walking, you know, that because the build quality in Chromebooks have been such, so lackluster to date, mm-hmm. uh, is this one just good by comparison, like any drink of water in the desert? Or is it like, wow, this is really good? I mean, no, especially this, because it's, it's $1,300. Understood. And, and, and a lot of people are complaining. They're saying, why am I going to pay $1,300 for just a browser? And that's a fair question. But I have to say, this is one of the nicest notebook devices I've ever used. It is all built in aluminum. It's got an etched glass trackpad with multi-touch. Obviously, it's got the touchscreen. We talked about the display itself. It's thin. It's got uh, two USB ports. It's got a display port out, or mini display port out, I should say. Um, HD video camera on the front for chatting. The keyboard is outstanding. And because it's got comparable specs to you know a high-end laptop of today 
it runs really fast. Battery life, I would like it a little bit more. It's, you're, I'm only getting about five hours max on this. Um, but just the design, the look, the feel, this smells, looks, and feels premium. It's, it's, the hardware alone is worth the money. I think the bigger issue for people is I'm paying all that money and all I can do is run a browser, which technically isn't true. And I'm actually in the midst of a post on that. Um, you can actually install various uh, forms or flavors of Linux on this. And you can even put a virtual instance of Linux where you can switch between Chrome OS and Linux at the same time. Just hit a button. You switch back and forth between Ubuntu and Chrome, for example. So um, you're not going to run yeah, Windows but, on I this. Mean, that's for people like you who are you know, light <laughs> oh, years ahead. People like you. Well, people like you who are going to, you know, <laughs> who just casually drop the word Ubuntu, Ubuntu into, in, into, into dinner conversation. Oh, we talk about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're out with the family, you're always Pass talking the about beans, it. and have you seen yeah. the latest Ubuntu distrib- distribution? <laughs> Why, I would like unlimited breadsticks. Now, have you guys seen? Um, all right, well, speaking of the Pixel, so it was the big news at the end of last week. A lot of people have been talking about it. And we got a, you got a bunch of questions. People pinged you on Twitter about it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what this whole show is about, is to answer people's questions about gadgets like this. So this is an all Chrome Pixel show, Chromebook Pixel show today, because we got a, a bunch of questions in, and, and um, hopefully this will help other people listening in. So from FYI Guy on Twitter, uh, they he wanted to know, are there any good video and sound editing apps for Chrome yet? Yeah, that's that's actually a great question because earlier I had said I used Chrome or the the web for ninety nine percent of my use. But for example, this podcast, I'm not using Chrome OS. I have to use a desktop for my video editing. I typically have to use a desktop. So it's a very valid question. I'm going to say that there are a couple of options out there. None of them are what I'll call desktop quality options as far as I'm concerned. You could always uh, edit video in the YouTube video editor, but that's going to be very basic editing. Bust. It's all web-based. It's up in the cloud. Uh, features, it definitely trumps what YouTube offers in terms of, of the features. It's a full-featured editor. It actually looks a lot like iMovie. There's timeline-based editing, a real-time preview. I mean, if you looked at it quickly on the web, you'd say, oh, it's iMovie. It just looks like it. Um, it does support various file formats. You can add music and effects. And you can even collaborate and have um, multiple people working on this because it's all cloud-based. So um, there's a free version of it to try it. That's probably what I'm going to do. Then there is some, some step-up plans that are cost about 5 to $10 a month. And that allows you more export time, such as an hour or two hours of video a month. It gives you more storage capability. And uh, it gets rid of the Wii Video watermark from the free version. So... I would take a look at Wii Video. That that may work for some people, but again, eh, not. We don't have a, a large amount of of options here on the web just yet. As far as sound editing, that's been even even tougher to find. But I did find something called the HTML5 Audio Tool. It's kind of built upon parts of Audacity, and it runs in a browser, so you could edit audio with it. We could actually edit this podcast, Chris, with it, and do it all on the web. Um, it, it doesn't allow recording capability. For that, I found uh, another little Adobe Flash uh, tool that will let me do that. But again, we're tr- right now we're, we're hacking and cobbling these tools together. So, I mean, FYI, guys, question is great. And the, the real answer is if you're willing to cobble these tools together, you might get away with it. But there's no good video or sound editing apps for Chrome yet, in my opinion. So this was, you know, I think about kind of the iPad when mm-hmm. it launched. And I use the iPad primarily for content consumption, Mm-hmm. But I have like GarageBand on that is a dream to use. Like it's just, it's phenomenal. So Indeed. it's become more of a content creation tool. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying not to be too myopic about the Chromebook Pixel, but this just really does seem like a, right now, because everything is so web connected, 
uh, a content consumption tool and not really one for creation. Well, when you talk about you know audio and video media, I would agree with you. But when you talk about um, content consumption, the written word, I mean, I use it all day without fail. It works perfectly well for that. So it depends on the type of content you're going to create. Um, That's fair. Know, I mean, I just, yeah. I mean, Google Docs is still ugly to me, uh, you know, it, and their spreadsheets and all of that stuff. So it, it's not a pleasant experience. I would agree with that. Um, I don't use Google Docs all that much, but obviously we do. We're a Google Apps shop at work, so you and I both use Google Docs in, in, from time to time. I should say that Google purchased a company called QuickOffice, I believe, last year, and they have a Chrome version of QuickOffice that will it, – it definitely looks better than Google Docs. For the moment, it's view only. In the next couple of months, the Pixel and probably the older Chromebook devices will have full editing capabilities in there as that gets integrated into Chrome OS. So there's, there's hope on that, so you don't have to look at ugly Google Docs for too much longer. <laughs> My life is so hard. Like, I know. You know life I, I'm, is tough. I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere <laughs> writing something, and I'm complaining that it's ugly. Uh, all right. Well, moving on to the next question, we have Brian on from Twitter uh, wants mm-hmm. to know um, about the Chromebook Pixel. It doesn't pinch zoom out of the box. What's the touchscreen for then? So he's well, <laughs> walk us through a little bit what, what he's complaining about. Sure. I, I, it's a valid complaint um, because – out of the box, the touchscreen can be used to scroll up and down or left, right. Um, you can single tap on on something on the web. You can double tap. You can long press. So it's more for interaction, less for what I'll say zooming and such. The it does have a trackpad with which supports gestures as well, and that's kind of like why I, I don't think we'll ever see a touchscreen device from. Uh, from Apple on the Mac OS X, they've integrated the touchscreen into the trackpad, and Google's kind of done both here. But it is limited. There's no pinch zoom. However, if for anybody who has a, a Chromebook or a Chromebook Pixel in particular, you can actually type, uh, let me make sure it's right, about colon colon slash flags, and that will get you into like some secret settings. And I found a setting in there that enables uh, the, the pinch zooming. So I've actually got it turned on. It doesn't work out of the box, but you can certainly certainly enable that very quickly about colon colon backslash uh, <laughs> ubuntu, <is> ubuntu. <laughs> yes uh, uh flags about colon colon slash flags flags okay and then yep. you can people with a chromebook pixel can kind of tweak that a little bit what do you think i remember apple talking about that a while ago saying i mean and who knows you know what they say publicly versus what they're working on uh you know always isn't always in, in sync uh, but they were talking, you know, people don't want to keep raising their hand to touch the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you even said just now that you're not really using the touch screen on this. You just like it as a piece of hardware. That's correct. I'm, and I think what Google's trying to do here is push app developers, web app developers in particular, to enable some really gee whiz bang type of web apps that do use touch more. Um, they actually have a really super, super experiment. Um, I think anybody running Chrome the Chrome browser can look at this, and it works great with the touchscreen. Uh, if you go to workshop.chromeexperiments.com slash stars, you get this really immersive view of the galaxy that you can pinch zoom in and, and rotate around and fly around the universe using the touchscreen on here. Without a touchscreen, you'd have to do it on your trackpad or use a mouse, uh, assuming you don't have a pixel. But I think that's what Google's really trying to do with this. This is aimed to raise the bar for web apps, and, and touch is... Touch is very important. We use it on our tablets, for example, but it's not translating as well, in my opinion, to laptops just yet. You know, I, if we can sidetrack for a second. Actually, I was thinking about that because, you know, when this came out, it's like it's a touchscreen and it's got a keyboard. 
And then my immediate thought was like, you know, my wife loves her iPad. Like I've never seen her love a piece of technology like that. Mm-hmm. It's just something that, you know, she can carry around with her. She can read with, she can check her Twitter with, and she just has this very kind of intimate relationship with it where it's, it's an emotional connection to it. And I thought as I was looking at the, the pixel specs, it seems like you, you kind of, you diminish that by sticking in a keyboard and you kind of distance yourself from the experience. It's not the same kind of thing. It's not something you're going to curl up with mm-hmm. on a chair or you might, but it's going to be a, a totally different experience. So, you know, kind of getting on what you just said, is this more you think to kind of push what, what's Google's rationale behind? What are they trying to do with the pixel? I, I think they're trying to get away from what you just described, which is a very disjointed experience, in my opinion. On the iPad, it's an immersive experience. It's you and the content, and you touch it, and that's it. Here, you're reaching up to the screen, you're typing, you're on the mouse. It's it, Again, it's disjointed is the best way I can describe it. So again, what I think Google's trying to do is bring some of that um, that immersive experience, that touch experience to to the web, because it's really not on the web today, other than navigation and such. We're not using that much touch on the web. Most of our touch on the iPad, for example, yeah, it's web navigation, but also in your apps. That's probably where you get a more immersive experience. I played Angry Birds on here in Chrome. I mean, okay, so I I can do that, and it's fun, but really, I don't need a touchscreen to do that. I can do that on the trackpad. Google's, I think, trying to find developers that will go out and think of new ways to use the web and touch together. All right, moving on. We've got Ivan from Twitter uh, who wants to know, I'd be interested to know if there are any Chrome apps that can really take advantage of or require a Core i5 and the Pixel. That's a good question considering this is really high-end hardware and that that ChromeExperiments.com site I mentioned is a fantastic um, example of using the Core i5 and the the Pixel with its touchscreen. There aren't too many others, although Google did include something called Timescapes. And you may actually be familiar with this. Some of our listeners may be as well. Timescapes was a 4K or ultra-high-resolution movie that was shot maybe a year or two ago. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, video. I actually paid for it uh, some time ago. Google actually includes it here so you can experience the full 4.3 million pixels of this display. And to push 4.3 million pixels in, in full color in, in you know, 30 frames per second or better, you need this kind of horsepower. But again, that's kind of just a showcase. I wouldn't say there are really any Chrome apps that must, you know, that, that rely on a Core i5 here. How long do you think before that uh, we do start seeing those kinds of things? Well, I mean, if, if I'm Google, I hope it's soon because that's the whole point of this device, in my opinion. But I don't think that's going to happen for some time. And, and by some time, I mean, you might see a few things dribble out over the next 12 to 18 months, but I think we're still a ways away. HTML5 and its capabilities are still evolving slowly. Um, and, and really, this is competing against other touchscreen devices that actually the touch experience is better. So I think it's going to be some time yet. So our last question is from Keith on Twitter, and he wants to know, do you think that the price of the Pixel will ever drop? I mean, this has been the sticking mm. point, right? This is the thing everybody was just like, $1,300? Yeah, that's, again, you know, it's it, it's actually great hardware for $1,300, but again, to get a, a Beatles reference in, you can't do that is what I'm hearing a lot of. I can't do this, I can't do that. All I can that's do is a Rolling browser. Stones. Oh, is it? You can't always get what you want. Oh, that's different. Nah, I'm just kidding with you. uh, I would never question your Beatles knowledge. Well, I appreciate that. We'll have to do a Beatles podcast some other time. (laughs) Um, 
so I'm going to speculate here. I don't think we're going to see any any big price drops on this thing. I mean, anything could happen. Obviously, um, I think it compares very nicely to, again to the 13 inch MacBook Pro Retina display. The touchscreen actually adds cost to this, but is not adding a lot of value, as I've kind of alluded to here. Um, it'd be nice to see a non touchscreen version that may, is maybe you know two three hundred dollars less expensive. I don't know how much the touchscreen actually adds to the cost, but I don't foresee it. What I'd actually like to see instead is more value added for the touchscreen. And I've I've even speculated a, a week or two ago what would happen at Google I/O this year in May if Google says you know what, we're going to add apps to that touchscreen by saying you can run any Android app you want because they're all touch-optimized. Now that becomes a more compelling selling point to me. And, and to be honest, I'm actually debating buying this or a Retina Display MacBook Pro right now. I just took a MacBook Air home, I'm sorry, uh, to Best Buy and returned it last night because I'm addicted to high resolution now. So I, I, I'd love to see a price drop, but I don't think it's going to happen soon. Let's talk about that for a second. Just sort of where do you see Android and Chrome heading? So, you know, Google is kind of maintaining these two different operating systems. Do you ne'er the two shall meet or what's going to happen with those things, do you think? You know, as as far back as 2009, when they first talked about Chrome OS, Google had said that there will be a subtle merger of sorts between the two. And we really haven't seen that. So, again, I'm speculating, but I'm like, you know what? Why would you add a touchscreen to this thing and not have really have any touch-optimized anything to do with it? So that's my take. Um, maybe it's just maybe it's wishful thinking on my part. I, that's what I'd like to see, and it just makes sense to me. But we really haven't seen that merger yet. I'd like to see it. Um, but it, it, we'll have to see. My guess is if it's going to happen, it'll happen this year at Google I.O. All right, Kevin. Well, those are the questions for this week. And remember, if you are listening and you have a question, you can. How, what's the best way to reach you? Or what are the many ways people can reach you? Well, you can knock on my front door. I'm always home. You could, always, <laughs> you could uh, ping me on Twitter. I'm at Kevin C. Toefel. You could also call and leave me a voicemail at my Google Voice number. And that number is 1262-KCTOFEL. Awesome. So I encourage people, if you've got a question, uh, give, give Kevin a, a jingle or a, drop him a note somewhere uh, and let us know what your question about any kind of gadget or mobile technology or, you know, Kevin's a, he's a man, a jack of all trades. This uh, is true. He, Master he knows, of definitely none. He knows a ton about a lot of different things. <laughs> all right, Kevin. Well, I think we'll probably have some news next week to talk about as well with Mobile World Congress going on, right? Absolutely. There's a lot going on to talk about. So I'm looking forward to that next week. All right. Great, Kevin. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Great. Thanks, Chris. Bye.